are listening to a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May only truth be spoken and only truth received. Amen. So for several weeks in the period leading us toward the season of Lent, we'll be reading from Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians. And while this evening's reading from that letter is rather basic, just an opening greeting, really, much of this letter is challenging and at times quite brilliant. And we'll get into some of those really stellar pieces as the weeks progress. So just a heads up as to where my preaching is likely to land. For this week, though, I want to focus on this passage from the Gospel according to John. Now, as I've said here before, John's is clearly the most impressionistic of all of the Gospels, as he seeks to convey to the reader, to us, what he sees as being the heart of who Jesus was and is. He quite freely changes up the chronology of things and paints rather different pictures of some of the key events along the way. Again, ancient writers thought quite differently about the whole idea of history. We're much less concerned with lining up sets of facts. It's a very modern thing. You know, put all the facts in the right order less interested in that than they were in conveying the truth as they had received it. So, we begin with John the Baptist heralding Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. There's no actual baptismal scene here in the way that there is in Mark and Matthew, And note that Luke's is a very, very brief snippet, whereas Mark and Matthew are more robust. But instead, in John, it's just the Baptist's insistence that Jesus is the very Lamb of God. This is a theme that bubbles away through John's telling, culminating in his very clear sense that Jesus is indeed the Paschal Lamb who will die for the sake of the people. And then after we see John and hear that announcement, it's on to the stories of the calling of Jesus' first disciples. There are two people who hear John's declaration that Jesus is the Lamb, and they turn immediately to follow Jesus. Interestingly, they are identified as two of John's disciples, And while nameless at first, one of them is soon identified as Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. This is all a very different picture from the one offered in the other Gospels as to how Andrew became a disciple. But again, our modern understanding of the facts is not John's concern. The other disciple in this pair remains unnamed, but the long consensus 
is that this second one is John the Gospel writer himself, quietly including himself in the story. He does that again and again and again, ultimately identifying himself not by name, but by the term the beloved disciple or the disciple whom Jesus loved. So now we have two disciples called. But then John tells us that Andrew first found his brother Simon and said to him, we found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. Andrew then brought his brother Simon to Jesus, who took one look at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas. And then in brackets, which is translated Peter. But it's funny. Our modern translations actually don't do a whole lot of justice to that little sentence, that little scene, because they miss the wordplay that's at work. And that's the heart of this. The authorized version, or the King James version, actually does it better. It says, Thou art Simon, son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The word that is at work here is the Syriac term Cephas, which is translated to Greek as Petros, and in turn to English as Peter. But Cephas and Petros both mean rock or stone. So when Jesus looks at Simon, son of John, and says to him, his new name is Cephas, what he's saying is, your new name is Rock. An old youth group leader of mine who had roots in Minnesota used to play with this a little bit, saying that this name, Peter, formerly Simon, son of John, would be easily recognized by any good Minnesota Swede as being simply Rock Johnson. And while that youth leader was being playful, in a funny way, he wasn't all that much off the mark in terms of what John imagines Jesus doing here. You're getting a new nickname here, Simon. I'm going to call you Rock or the stone, and believe it or not, you're going to live into that name. And so much of the picture drawn of Simon Peter by all four gospel writers is of a man who almost lives into his name, and then in the end rather ashamedly misses the mark entirely when he denies even knowing Jesus, don't even know him on the night of his arrest. You have the scene where Peter sees Jesus walking on the water in the midst of the storm. And he says, I want to try that too. Jesus says, come to me over the water, Peter. Rock, come to me over the water, rock. Just a step or two out of the boat and Peter begins to sink like a stone. So scared is he by what's happening. And then there's the scene where Peter, James, and John accompany Jesus up the mountain. They have this extraordinary mystical experience of seeing Elijah and Moses in conversation with Jesus. And all poor old Peter can stammer out is some foolishness 
about setting up tents for all of them to stay in. For all that he is close to Jesus, Peter is a master at completely missing the point. And he bears the nickname of the Rock, in spite of the fact that he might better have been called the Marshmallow. (laughs) Thing is, Jesus knew something about Simon Peter that Peter didn't know about himself. Namely, that in spite of all of his foibles, he was indeed the one who would become rock solid in his leadership of the early Jesus movement on the other side of the resurrection. He is as bold as brass and solid as stone on that Pentecost day when he stands out in the middle of the city and preaches the gospel truth with a fervor that just knocks out that crowd. Jesus may well have been the cornerstone, but in Peter he'd found himself one heck of a building block. He just needed the time. Which is a big part of the reason we should keep an eye on Peter. And remember that he was given his nickname long before he could even begin to be solid, to be a rock. It's a deeply hopeful and empowering story for any one of us who has ever stumbled along the way, making mistakes and missing the point and backing out at precisely the moment when we should have stepped forward. Ever been in that kind of a space? Surely you have, and just as surely have I. Not that we're all meant to be the same rock as Simon Peter. And and do remember that he did stumble pretty badly much later in a fairly serious conflict with St. Paul outlined in the book of Galatians. So it wasn't as if Peter suddenly became flawless Yet, he's still the rock. And we do need to trust that Jesus consistently sees in us something we have a hard time seeing in ourselves. We don't know what nickname Jesus might have tucked away for each of us. But maybe, just maybe, in his heart he's fond of calling you or me generous or courageous or compassionate, or loving, or whatever. The point is that just as Jesus could see in Simon something Simon hadn't begun to understand about himself, Jesus can see in us possibilities and potential and truth that we probably have a tough time seeing, believing, or maybe even accepting. And in the end, as we limp our way from this life into the fullness of his kingdom, I believe he will see us not in our sin and fear and failings, but rather in the fullness of what he always meant us to be. And he'll smile, and he'll say, See, I knew the real you all along. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table. 
For information on our church and to access the full catalog of our podcasts going all the way back to 2006, visit us online at stbenedictstable.ca. In addition, if you are interested in supporting our online work, you can find information on the website using the Donate button located on the top right-hand corner. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.